Show on 95.3 WBCK. And here's Tim Collins. It's 8.09. Coming up a little later, our Miles from Memory moment, where we try to give caregivers of dementia patients some good info. And today, Cassandra Lucas-Moore from Senior Services will be with us with some great tips. Brand new book out. The Serial Killer Chronicles of Battle Creek. Jen Carpenter is the author, and uh, she is with us right now. Good morning, Jen. Nice to have you on the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I always wondered uh, when that uh, serial killer thing, spelled C-E-R-E-A-L, was going to rear its head. And there we are. It's the title of your book. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So you have uh, delved into Battle Creek's history and found some oddities, some head scratchers, some things that uh, some people may know and some other people may not know. Before we get into that now, uh, you know, what led you to make Battle Creek the subject of this book? Well, I researched the history of, um, you know, dark events that have happened in Michigan, true crime and things like that for my podcast. And one night I was um, actually eating a bowl of cereal, Fruit Loops, to be exact. Um, and I was just kind of, you know, my, I was just kind of thinking, you know, what's, what's the next topic I can delve into? And I was like, Man, didn't the Kellogg's have some weird, weird stuff there revolving around, you know, how they came up with cereal and they ran a sanitarium. And I really, truly didn't know a lot about it, just kind of what turned out to be a very incorrect um, theory about how and why they came up with cereal. Um, So I dove into that history a bit. And, of course, there is quite a bit of dark stuff there, um, you know, with the Kellogg's being involved with eugenics and um, the sanitarium and the tr- some of the treatments they did there. Um, and then looking further, you know, also finding crimes and things connected with Kellogg employees and um, was just able to put together this really, um, you know, not necessarily stories that are brand new. Of course, the history of the Kelloggs has been covered a million times over, but the dark stuff is usually kind of shied away from. Um, so really diving into that dark Kellogg legacy. And you're not the first one to explore that. I remember when I first started doing that show, it was like 30 years ago, and a guy was in town named T. Corguson Boyle, and he came in and he was doing research for a new book, and uh, he was doing the same stuff you were doing, and uh, he wrote a book called The Road to Wellville, yeah. which got made into a movie, and uh, yeah, you know, some people weren't all that pleased with some of the stuff he uncovered in Battle Creek's history, but yeah, I guess any, any community is going to have to take their history warts and all. Yes, and I I live up in Lansing, and uh, my first book was Haunted Lansing, so I went through it here at home, um, you know, uncovering some of that darker stuff and and encountering people that weren't too terribly thrilled with it. Um, Yes, The Road to Wellville was amazing. The movie, the book was so great, Um, and it it was really kind of one of the inspirations. Because, you know, that's, that's a fictionalized version of a lot of it um you know a hollywood version of it and so i wanted to kind of have that same feel but be telling the real stories and then not just the kellogg's but beyond um the kellogg's as well and people know about how big wk kellogg and the kellogg company was here they they may not realize how big his brother and the Battle Creek Sanitarium were, but that that was gigantic here and really put us on the world stage. And, 
you know, as I'm fond of saying, Dr. Kellogg had these crazy ideas about eating fresh, healthy food and, and breathing clean air and drinking pure water and getting exercise. I mean, he was a real nut in that respect, huh? But, right. But, but you know, there were some oddities, too. Uh, what did you find? So, like you said, a lot of his beliefs were so far ahead of his time. Um, My youngest son actually recently decided to go vegan, and so I've been kind of teasing him and pulling out. I've got this old recipe book from the sanitarium of his. (laughs) And I'm like, you could try making some of this stuff. Um, So he really was way ahead of his time with a lot of that. Um, But some of it, you know, the the enema thing was real weird. he was very fond of very frequent enemas for his patients, mm-hmm. um, yogurt enemas, which is a weird, I don't even know how such a thing would work. Um, just some, and really weird contraptions, some of which were very dangerous, electric light baths. Um, and some of it, you know, um, one of the machines was tantamount to kind of a tanning machine now, which people do that. You know, people go to tanning beds, especially in the winter up here you know, to get that vitamin D and to improve their moods. But then there were also the ones where you're sitting with lights up top and water on the bottom, and that's, that's just a little dangerous. Yeah, could so. be. Did you see the tan? <laughs> Have you seen the tanning booth? Yes, yes. That's yeah, pretty cool. That's basically like a big giant coffin with a bunch of light bulbs in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, we are talking more than 100 years ago, so... Yes. There were yep. some, some oddities there. And, you know, those two brothers did not get along. In fact, I think there's a professor out of Michigan that wrote a book about the battling Kellogg brothers yes. uh, of Battle Creek. Uh, you know, W.K. Kellogg worked almost as a slave for his brother at the sanitarium before he started uh, this idea of uh, selling cereal commercially. And uh, after that, uh, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg didn't forgive him. I thought he did a terrible thing. Yeah, so the cereal was started as, you know, one of his health foods for his patients at the San. And um, W.K. was, like you said, he he was his brother's slave. He was literally, and there's a scene that depicts this, so... W.K. is not in the road to Wellville at all, but there's a scene that depicts kind of the way his brother treated him. So the doctor had an assistant in the movie, and there's a scene where he's riding his bike. He would ride his bike all around the sanitarium grounds, and his assistant, who in the movie was this very overweight man, W.K. obviously was not. He was pretty healthy, um, would run along beside him and have to dictate everything he was saying. And that, like, W.K. really had to do that. He had to join his brother in the bathroom so that the doctor could dictate his thoughts to him while he was using the bathroom. Um, And he really just treated him terribly. He treated him terribly um, until they, you know, well, not even until, even after, but they they split ways because W.K. wanted to take the serial commercial, and the doctor thought that that would hurt his reputation um, as a serious doctor and a medical professional to commercially sell and market this to the world at wide. And so that was where their split really took place. It worked out real well for WK, not so well for the doctor. Your book also looks at some uh, horrific fires in our history. Uh, one, the uh, burning of the Haskell home for uh, orphans, and another, the uh, Battle Creek Sanitarium fire of 1902. That spectacular picture from Willard Library. 
Yes. What I found really interesting, you know, those are the, the big ones because the sanitarium was so famous and so well-known that, of course, when it burned, um, it was pretty amazing that they were able to get everyone out except for the one patient that was killed. Um, but it was really amazing to me when I dug into it um, that those weren't the only fires. There was, of course, the review in Harold Herald Building, which was also... Um, a Dr. Kellogg slash SDA joint venture, just like the orphanage was and the sanitarium was. And then several of their other buildings around town burned at that time as well um, to where, you know, the, the fire department basically was like, there's really something suspicious about your West End fires, which is what they call them. Um, but they never could prove that, that it was being done intentionally. And it, it started happening as Dr. Kellogg was doing his split with the church. So it's, it's, it's pretty coincidental there that all of those fires were happening around the same time and all that building that connected the two entities. Right, and I don't know if you went this far back, but uh, Erastus Hussey, who was a Quaker and uh, part of the Underground Railroad, had started a free press here, and as soon as he got it up and running, it mysteriously burned to the ground. Right, mysterious. Lots of mysterious things that went on. Um, back then that, that reading about them now and reading statements about them now are pretty clear what happened. Um, but, you know, of course, back then, a lot of that wasn't, wasn't ever prosecuted or punished. The book is The Serial Killer Chronicles of Battle Creek. Jen Carpenter is the author, and she's with us. And we'll talk some more about it and some other things in the book in just a moment. We're talking with Jen Carpenter. She's the author of the Serial Killer Chronicles of Battle Creek, some oddities in our Battle Creek history, some catastrophic events, and also, Jen, uh, some murders. We've had uh, our fair share of uh, sensational murders here. Yeah, absolutely. So in in kind of researching that Kellogg legacy, and, and too, when I've come and visited, I was really kind of, you know, there's still Kellogg, stuff everywhere and of course the sanitarium building is still there um the doctor's house is gone it's just kind of this empty field i was really surprised there was no historical marker there so for me it was kind of what they leave behind you know the the wk kellogg foundation is wonderful obviously the cereal industry is still booming but all of that darkness and all of that negative kind of what did that leave and so um i dove into you know crimes collecting connected to not necessarily the Kellogg family, but employees um, of the company and, you know, students at the colleges and things like that. Um, so we do cover, um, in the book, I covered the unsolved murder of Daisy Zick, which I believe is Battle Creek's oldest cold case. Um, she was a Kellogg employee. She actually worked there when W.K. Kellogg died. Um, so, you know, the, the paths crossed there. Um but, yeah, she was an employee of the company, and um, one of the possible motives for her murder was the affairs that she would have with fellow employees, um, although my theory is a little bit different than that, but um, that was one of the theories, um, and that was in the 1960s. And then, uh, of course, the murder of Maggie Hume and Patty Rosansky and Carrie Lynn Evans, the three teenage girls that were murdered in Battle Creek in the early 80s. And did you find parallels other than just the time frame in those those three cases? 
Yes. Um, so Carolyn Evans and Patty Rosansky specifically, um, you know, they both disappeared walking down the street in broad daylight, middle of the day. They were both found in wooded areas, partially buried under, um, like, debris. Their bodies, not buried under the ground, but just kind of covered with debris. They had both been raped and strangled. Um, Maggie Hume, she was found in her own apartment, so her case was a bit different, but still very similar, buried under um, debris, and um, she'd been killed the same way and sexually assaulted as well. Um, both Maggie Hume and um, Carrie Lynn Evans had connections to the same man. Um, one of them lived downstairs. He lived downstairs from Maggie Hume when she was murdered. His name escapes me right now. I'm sorry. My memory is so bad. Um, but he lived, He was Maggie's downstairs neighbor when she was murdered. And then um, Carrie Lynn Evans was actually taken from the street in Bellevue. And um, that was where he had moved and his sister went to school. And he actually wound up being arrested for murder. He was murdering women around the country. They believe he was a serial killer. Um, and he had connections to at least the both of them and confessed to all three murders. Um, but authorities decided that his confession wasn't credible, and so they never tried him. So those murders, the uh, Kellogg brothers, some uh, catastrophic fires, and lots more in Battle Creek history, all detailed in the Serial Killer Chronicles of Battle Creek, a new book by Jen Carpenter. Jen, what, what got you interested in writing, and, and what got you started as a writer? Oh, I've been a writer, you know, my whole life. When I was a little girl, um, I wanted to write books, and I always did. I always took writing classes and entered writing contests. I was the editor-in-chief of my high school paper and my college newspaper. Um, so really kind of writing, but then edging into journalism and covering, you know, real real stories was where I was headed. And then, you know, life happens, life gets in the way, and um, I had a couple kids and raised my kids, and I'm just now getting back into things, and there's really kind of so much more opportunity now, you know, with um, podcasting and self-publishing, which I didn't self-publish. I, I published through the History Press, but there's so many more opportunities to where you don't have to you know, know the right people. As long as you're doing good work and putting it out there, people are going to notice it. Um, and that's kind of exactly what happened. And um, I'm really fortunate to be able to write and do the podcast and do the tours kind of all in the area of interest I was kind of, of crime. I was hoping you'd bring that up, the, the opportunities today, because today is Book Lovers Day. And we were yeah. we were joking for you millennials out there. A book is a written or printed work consisting of pages bound between two covers. Uh, <laughs> and you know the newspaper business is you know kind of you know, waning a bit. The you know people are reading fewer books, but people read a lot online and a lot of web pages. Uh, they they keep up with a lot of bloggers. They they read on their tablets. Uh, so there are great opportunities for good writers these days. Yes. Yep, absolutely. I can tell you, though, um, because I also, uh, back in March, I opened a bookstore here in Lansing. It's specifically a true crime bookstore. Um, and we are very busy all the time, and we get a lot of young customers. So people thought I was crazy for opening, like, a brick-and-mortar paper bookstore during a pandemic, um, but 
you know, that kind of stuff, I I think that even the pandemic maybe really helped with that, that people are coming back out and they want to find the fun little shops and um, watching young people come in and pick out their books and um, helping them find things. You know, we're really, the, the being able to read your books online and buy everything online was a novelty at first, but now that we've all been cooped up for so long, people are liking getting back out there. <laughs> what, what's the name of your store in Lansing? It's called Dead Time Stories, like Dead, D-E-A-D. Okay. Um, yeah. And I yeah. imagine we could find a copy of the Serial Killer Chronicles of Battle Creek there at your store. Yes, but of course. if not, uh, where else could we lay our hands on a copy? So New Story Books, which is in Marshall, carries it, and then they have their storefront at BC Cargo there in Battle Creek, and they have it there as well. I know that the Barnes & Noble in Battle Creek just got it. Um, of course, you can find it online. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, once things are a little bit safer to be able to get down to Battle Creek and do some signing events and things like that. Well, great. I'll bring my copy out then. Have you sign <laughs> okay. uh, Jen Carpenter, th- thanks so much for joining us today and best of luck with your book. Thank you so much.